Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. My midwife, literally, I was like, you're my rock, you're my rock. I remember once watching a TV show, an American one called The Mindy Project, and they basically like made fun of the, the midwives, like, oh, they're so hippy-dippy. And I'm like, really? I didn't know that. I never considered them that. I was just like, is this what the people think of it? I mean, I didn't know, but I was just like, it's so different. It's really so different. Giving birth is one of the most significant events of your life. Sadly, the joy that you should feel can often be replaced with anxiety and helplessness instead. As a labor and delivery nurse, I'm revealing insider information to educate you, reassure you, and decrease your fear. In this podcast, you'll hear empowering birth stories and experts weigh in on a range of topics. Being Jewish also has me exploring Judaism's influence on the reproductive experience. However, I speak to anyone wishing to navigate their journey with more joy and confidence. I'm your host, Hani Fingerer, and you're listening to the Happy Birthway Podcast. Welcome to episode 41 of the Happy Birthway Podcast. For those of you who celebrated Pesach, Passover, I hope that it was a beautiful one. I am really happy to get back into routine. And firstly, we missed this, but... It was the first year anniversary of the Happy Birthway podcast on April 11th, and although we are going to be celebrating the anniversary a little bit late, I'm really excited to be releasing an episode very soon with the birth story of my fourth baby that my husband and I have not had a chance to do yet. So it is long, long, long overdue as were three out of four of my pregnancies. And I'm looking really forward to releasing that episode shortly. So stay tuned for that. Secondly, I am really excited to be presenting to you over the next two episodes, the birth story of Tanya Ohana. It is a lovely birth story with many twists and turns. She lives in the UK, so it's going to be interesting for you to hear the differences if you are living not in the UK, if you're living in the US and Israel and Australia and um, other countries that you listeners are from. I split her birth story into two episodes since it was quite a long story. Um, And so stay tuned for part two of her story that will be released shortly. Before we begin the interview, I just wanted to let you know that if you have been thinking about joining Yolanda community as a member, then now is as good time as ever because I am jam-packing the next four weeks with meetups. We are going to be having a meetup session every single week, including guest appearances by Dr. Alyssa Hellman, by Millie Schwecki, who is a pelvic floor specialist, and um, by a doula. So along with answering any other topics of interest that you have, they are also going to be appearing. Right now, I am running a 30-day free trial special. However, in a few weeks, 
it is no longer going to be offered. And so I highly encourage you to jump on that offer. And furthermore, I am very soon doing another workshop on a topic that I will not announce at this time yet, but one that is extremely important and that I've seen a huge need for both from the members of the Yuladit community and from Yuladit Academy followers in general. This workshop will be offered at a great discount to Yuladit community members. So once again, now is a great time to join Yuladit community and you will find the link for Yuladit community membership in the episode show notes. One more thing before we start, I wanted to let you know that The Happy Birthway Podcast is currently accepting collaborations and sponsorships for ad pre-rolls, mid-rolls, post-rolls. And so if you are a pregnancy, maternity, birth, and baby-based business, and you would like to get the word out about what services you offer, then please email me at khani at yoledetacademy.com and let me know about what you do, what your brand stands for, what product or service you are offering, and if I feel like it is a good fit, I can get your product or service out to those that might really benefit from it. And without further ado, I introduce to you Tanya Ohana. Tanya Ohana, who lives in London and is a food blogger and recipe developer, will be telling us how she gave birth in the UK and how that is different from the US. I absolutely love learning about how uh, different birth can be in different countries and the healthcare systems, and it's fascinating, and I think we have so much to learn from each other. Um, she grew up in the Mediterranean Gibraltar, and that has heavily influenced her cooking style, from using spices to flavor her food, to her love of fresh produce and herbs, and along with her food demos and how-tos, Tanya also sells artisanal popcorn in a variety of flavors for both personal and event use. You can follow along her food journey on Instagram at garlic.and.ganache for more easy and wholesome recipes and kitchen tips. I will put that link into the episode show notes so that you can find it easily. Welcome, Tanya, to the Happy Birthday Podcast. Thank you so much for having me here, honey. I'm very excited. <laughs> yes, it's an absolute pleasure. I can't wait to learn about you know just your whole birth experience and babies do come out in the same ways in the UK as they do in the US yeah same same place (laughs) yeah I remember when I switched to working from one from my first hospital that I ever worked at to the second hospital and I was still you know in the training so I was learning you know just learning how things worked a little bit differently in the second hospital and I let my patient know that, you know, I'm an experienced labor and delivery nurse, but things are a little bit different from hospital to hospital. So I'm just learning this hospital's flow. And I remember the father saying to me, oh, but do they come out in the same way as a joke? So I love to use that joke. It was a good one. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, yeah I like yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So, but the prenatal care is vastly different. The, I think, attitudes around prenatal care, obstetric care, labor and delivery care, women's health in general are different. And I would love to hear about, you know, just from start to finish, what your experiences have been, the highlights of your pregnancy, birth and postpartum, which is so important as well to address. And I think that the UK system has a much better way of taking care of women postpartum. 
just before we start, what's your baby's name? Aurelia. Aurelia, that's a beautiful name. Thank you. It means like or le Hashem, so like the light from Hashem. She's oh, like very light. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's beautiful. And she's seven yeah. months old, right? Yes, she is. She's still seven months old. I hope she's sleeping. I think she's sleeping, but we shall see. Okay. We invite babies on the podcast too. You know. Oh yeah. It's part of it's 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 part of the experience here <laughs> because most of the yeah, people I'm interviewing sense. are mothers. So um, I we I welcome babies if she wakes up. Uh, okay. But it's pretty late by you already now, right? Yeah, it's seven thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So bedtime is seven. Like sleeping by seven. Yeah, I hope. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. You're so hoping somehow they always sense when you need them to sleep, especially oh, much, and always. then they always just wake up right then, you know. So mm-hmm. um, no problems if she comes and joins us. Um, so so Tanya, start start from you know the beginning, and and I just want to yeah. ask you because you do follow me. Um, I would love to hear like what you've heard from my stuff. If anything was notable to you as far as differences in what you've seen in the you know UK health system uh, well I'll start with that first of all I heard about you very soon like on into my pregnancy like I was just looking around at stuff and then I saw you pop up I don't even remember where and I was just like oh my gosh this is so useful and it actually has been so it was so useful for me it like literally helped me be my own advocate because during corona like the system even here it changed drastically like it was I wasn't allowed to have my mom that I just about was allowed to have my husband and I was just like I was first time mom I was really clueless I was like what's supposed to happen and I remember you like from the beginning were going on about like being because you were talking about like your birth and being your advocate and I was like so like determined to do that so that really helped me and just like it helped me to like know about stuff I know some things are different like a lot of times um for example, like induction, I, I think you like a lot of people in, in the US know it by like the names of like the drugs. I didn't even know the names, like Pitocin or something. Mm-hmm. I just knew like, okay, someone gets induced. Like, I don't know what, what was going on. And um, yeah, the, things, the words are a bit different. So like, I feel like if I say the word that we use here, I might not use the right word. No, that's fine. Or, and, and I've heard of some yeah. words and if, you, and if neither mm-hmm. of us know, that's fine. You can still use the words because... You know, yeah, people can Google it. Um, no, no, exactly. And also, like, it was just interesting to know, like, how it works so differently by you guys or by us. I, I mean, like, how you go to, like, obstetrician and, like, throughout it, like, we just see midwives, like, and, like, maybe you see one at the end, an obstetrician, but, like, really, really rarely. So it's very different. Yeah, and I, I just need to say about that, correct, like, many European countries, the prenatal care is primarily a midwife driven on a midwife driven model um, because most people can have a a normal low risk regular uncomplicated pregnancy not everyone but most and it's first of all cost saving and second of all it's even more specialized than an OBGYN because OBGYN scope is very broad they have a lot of you know gynecological training they're also surgeons and so um, I you know it, it it's like this in many countries so yes it's, mm-hmm. it's led primarily by midwives that's the primary person you're gonna go to care provider unless there are things that you need to be referred out to and yeah there are mm-hmm. midwives in the US and I feel like the awareness is growing in the knowledge of how midwives can benefit somebody midwifery care in the different model so i do think that that's growing but it's not the primary in in at the very it, it not in the very least so 
Yeah, I remember once watching a TV show, an American one called The Mindy Project, and they basically like made fun of the the midwives, like, oh, they're so hippy dippy, and I'm like, really? I didn't know that. Like, I never considered them that. I was just like, is this what the people think of it? Like, oh, I mean. I didn't know, but I was just like, it's so different. It's really so different. Yeah, in the U.S., there is, you know, some some of that, unfortunately, going on with the stereotyping. And I think that yeah. it's a result of really the ignorance. It, it is a sad state, actually. And this just highlights the broken segments of obstetric care in the U.S. It's a much more uniform and universal system in the U.K. where there is the collaborative care um, the integration of the obstetric care for women is organized in a very organized way. And that actually improves yeah. outcomes because of that, because they're all on the same page, because midwives are required to have relationships with doctors. And that's just the culture. And that's just, you know, OBGYN doctors are trained in that way in the UK it's it's a very different outlook so they know that they you know I've I've had a resident not long ago not even know what the midwifery training was which is a big shame Um, but because doctors are just expected from the outset to be working with midwives they understand and they know all of that and hopefully have a little bit more respect for their training and and don't joke Mm -hmm. about hippy dippy midwives no, I, I don't see it. My midwife, literally, I was like, you're my rock. You're my rock. And I'm like from the Rock of Gibraltar. So I'm like, you're my rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the way it basically like it goes here, I don't know how it is for you guys. But when you get your po- positive pregnancy test, you call like your GP practice, like everyone like in your area, you're assigned like a GP practice. Part of the NHS is where you go when like, I don't know, you you feel like you have you want to get antibiotic you think you have a tonsillitis or something yeah so you call them and they put you down like on the register they register you um as a pregnancy and then get contacted by your local midwifery team like every area has like a local midwifery team so i got contacted by my local midwife who actually happened to be jewish because i live in a really jewish area so She's really sweet. Um, so it's what's called community midwives. She's not like, maybe she does do shifts like in the hospital, but she, her work is primarily like in like antenatal and postnatal appointments. So she's like, okay, ask me a hundred questions. Also, this stuff is usually done as I know, um, as I've been told, sorry, um, but um, in person during like pre-COVID, but during COVID I was pregnant like, and this was like November 2020 so um at the height of the December November yeah yeah, basically 2020 yeah so um they did everything on the phone ask you your medical history and all that stuff and then she registered you with like the like the local hospital so um and like your 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 pregnancy is known to them and they'll send you a letter in the post saying like when your first scan is and here scans there are two main scans 12 weeks and 20 weeks so I'm curious besides for all of the like so I guess telehealth visits that you had with your midwife did she ever come to do like any any vital signs or you know test your urine or anything like that usually I think so but for me, during COVID, until 25 weeks, I didn't see a midwife, which my mom was like appalled. What do you mean? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, it was it was a really long time. And I was like, basically just, I got seen 12, by the 12 weeks um, 
scan. scan but that's nothing midwifery it's just like a, you call it sonogram don't you we just call it a scan ultrasound we actually call it yeah it has so many names ultrasound sonogram scan uh, yeah it's all interchangeable and all three are used in the u.s but yeah actually i'm just remembering i think at like eight to ten weeks at that point i went to the hospital i had to give in a urine sample take my weight and my blood pressure but that was it they didn't do anything they don't do much else in the u.s either yeah. at a at an initial prenatal consult yeah did they take any blood work yeah they took um well i have this thing in my family where from my my grand from my mom's side something called factor seven deficiency mm-hmm. it's like a blood clotting factor so my grandmother actually unfortunately passed away in in, in childbirth with her oh. fourth because she just hemorrhaged and hemorrhaged and hemorrhaged mm-hmm. So for that, me, my mom, my sister, my aunt, my cousins were all like higher risk because of just because of the blood crossing factor. Like my sister, my mom have had to have um, like plasma given to them and like post birth. And like it's just like they're on standby. So what so they're like factor seven deficient. I have something weird called polymorphic factor seven deficiency, meaning that it comes and it goes. It's very like very random very particular so actually it happened to be that at the time when I had my pregnancy I didn't have it so but they still like were like keeping their eye on me basically so they must have um so what did happen one time um was that I knew I had to have these blood works taken and um, and I went and I had spoken to a obstetrician on the phone they didn't they normally have face-to-face appointments if you're like on this high-risk category but it was all on the phone and (laughs) like the system I don't know it kept telling me that they didn't have any of my family history so I had like two full consultations with obstetricians being like we don't have anything on the system I'm like "Ah, I know all this by heart (laughs) so they told me we're booking you in to take in bloods but this was like after 12 weeks I'd say and to like to see if I had the clotting thing and then I went there and the nurse was like oh you're not on the system I'm like great it's like literally I feel like COVID like messed everything Mm. up but they they I should remember she was taking one vial and I've had this done many times I remember for blood clotting it's like at least a couple more vials I was like don't you think you need a few more vials I literally felt so bad and she was like oh yeah you're right and I'm like oh my god I really hope this goes somewhat properly good for you that's an example of self-advocacy ask those questions yeah basically I was just like she was like oh yeah you're right and I'm like okay I hope it's not your first day but whatever and so then it goes the 12 week scan and they like literally just like you see it for the first time and it like really really special you mm-hmm. hear the heartbeat were they letting anyone out in with you like was your husband able to come with you my husband was at that point allowed and we had to wear masks the whole time um and we weren't allowed to speak for some reason it was really weird they were like don't speak that's so interesting i mean i, I can see i can understand like why in a way they would they would make that rule and because it's just speaking you you spit you know you spit little tiny particles of whatever so um yeah that's so interesting mm-hmm. it's the first time I'm hearing of something like that it was yeah that was like I remember it because the 20 weeks is when they like 
measure everything and see if like there's any god forbid abnormalities and she was also really quiet and she had a student in there and they were both staring at the screen and I was like heart palpitations like oh my gosh is this something wrong is something wrong like she's not saying anything for 20 minutes I was so scared and then the end she's like okay yeah all looks fine and then she like shows you on her screen this 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 two kidneys this and I was like oh my god I was literally like freaking out yeah. um, like, everyone's, yeah. everyone's anxious by the scan so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah oh well, I also um, didn't mention that I think just before my I was due to have my scan at 12 weeks I actually ended up having it at 13 weeks because when I was 11 weeks I got COVID which was not fun <laughs> oh my gosh I'll bet yeah I I expect, suspected that I had COVID so I called my GP and they were like you're paranoid you're paranoid because I was like I have a urine infection I have COVID I think I have all of these things and they're like no you're paranoid and I was like I took a test and I was positive and I was like oh no and then I just after that I literally felt so fatigued for like months and I wasn't sure if it was from having COVID or from being pregnant mm -hmm. I don't know and everyone knew that I had COVID but nobody knew I was pregnant and I was really 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 nauseous like I wouldn't say that I had hyperemesis my sister had that that was pretty bad but for about five to six months I was no food like lettuce mm. with vinegar was my favorite food what was your food? <laughs> lettuce with apple cider vinegar that's all i ate <laughs> like like apple cider vinegar sprinkled over lettuce oh my gosh that's hysterical i know i don't know i remember when i was little and i used to get car sick i used to have like salt and vinegar crisps or chips as you guys say and um, for some reason that always like settled my car sickness i don't know what it does like the acidity i don't know like it, mm. it balances doesn't make sense to me because like ph whatever but it neutralized something in me <laughs> well that's an idea to try who knows you know yeah apple cider vinegar always works me whenever i'm nauseous so yeah um so that was that and then was 25 weeks for I... you on your food blogging you know things that you do oh yeah I was MIA. I blamed it on COVID, which was actually quite good timing. I was literally MIA. People, uh, so, I mean, I remember like about 16, I didn't tell people for a while, like friends, I, like my family, my friends didn't know because I got away with it because of COVID. Like yeah. I didn't see people and it was winter, so like coat, whatever it is. Also, I didn't show for a while because I was just so sick. So I didn't mm. really show for ages. Um, and my friend messaged me. She was like, I'm really worried. Like, are you okay? Like, is there any issues going on? Like, like do you have like, like in yourself, like um, emotionally, like mental health issues? And I was like, no, I'm really fine. And I got it. She's like, oh, because like, you're not coming to anything. I don't see you on social media anymore. And I was like, I had to break the news to her then. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm fine. Like, stop. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, oh, you're like, mm -hmm. you know, you calmed me. And, um, yeah, but it was it was hard. Like, I really missed it. And I felt like, like you know, you mentally you think, oh, my stats are going really low because I'm not posting anymore yeah. and I'm not storing. And people are like, where are you? We miss you. Oh, that terrible rabbit hole that, like, oh, oh, yes, I can relate. Yeah. And then I was just like, no, you know what? It's for a good thing. Some time, like, when it happens, I'll be like, guys, remember, like, four months ago, I was, like, totally MIA. You know why now? Right. <laughs> um, that yeah, brings up your engagement. So, oh my gosh, it's such a mind game, the whole thing. Oh, it did. I've never got so many messages as when I posted like, hello, the reason why I've been MIA for five, nine months is 
it's a girl and everyone was like oh my god and then you're like the most popular person that day literally it's like the day you get engaged this is nothing like <laughs> it's the same thing but um yeah so I remember for 25 weeks I went for the first time to the midwife I was so excited I came with like they give you a pack like your maternity notes like you take it home they don't keep it and you take them every single time you go to an appointment you have to bring them with you and every time like you take it home I came with my pack I was like so excited some people get like packs like they get like an insert for their pack being like oh Tanya's like maternity notes like Mm. um on like uh, what's it called like yeah, like the very personalized generation that we're in. We're not. <laughs> no, like, I don't know. It's like a plastic situation. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, was, I was being sarcastic about the band with leather. But we, oh, no. we love to uh, glamorize Nothing... Europe. So, you know, uh, maybe some people oh, yeah. in the U.S. will believe that. <laughs> it's so funny because, like, speaking of Europe, I really feel like UK is different to, like, Europe. You're obviously we're part of Europe. Yes, I agree. Yeah, because I'm from... I'm from Gibraltar, which is on the continent. I literally, like, I grew up, like, next to Spain, like, and I feel like UK is so different to, like, continental people. Like, I I feel like people will be like, no, we're European. Like, the British, I mean, the English people, because I'm British, but I'm not English. It's, like, a bit complicated. Mm. Um, But I I do feel like it's, it's still very different. But the NHS, the National Health Service is the same. It's, like, the... So now I'm going to expose my geographical complete ignorance and tell you, like, I'm so embarrassed to admit this. For some reason, I thought that Gibraltar was in South America. When I was in SEM, everyone was like, that's in Brazil, right? And I'm like, no, we're like literally like the last point in Europe, like literally just before Africa is like a tiny, like you can Google it. It's smaller than Central Park. That's how small it is. Really? Like literally tiny and um that's where I grew up for 18 years till I went to Sam. um but yeah it's very small but we're like they like to say British we stay Spanish we speak all day because we're like connected to Spain so we're bilingual but um we're like inherently British we have the pound the queen is our queen we have the same schooling cyber system mm. and the same type of healthcare like that it's like national health basically um but in other things we're very different like we have the warm weather there I mean they have the warm weather I wish I was there with the warm weather um because they're literally right on you guys still have better weather I mean okay the cloudiness that's not great but you guys still have better weather in terms of cold temperatures than we do like you'll get a a powder sprinkling of snow a few times maybe correct me if I'm wrong but like we get massive blizzards yeah I know it hasn't snowed this year and we were like oh we've missed the snow but it sometimes it doesn't snow and it's just like but it's just rainy very mm-hmm. rainy. Yeah, yeah yeah I know that's that's London for you like I think you expect that <laughs> um but yeah so so I was really excited for this 25 um week, week appointment and I got there and the midwife was really sweet she um she like did like the usuals like take my blood pressure take my urine my blood pressure is always very low like I have like particularly low blood pressure um and then she was like hey we're gonna use this Doppler thing to like um see the heartbeat and I was like okay cool like I remember hearing the heartbeat and the scans which was like oh cute I can hear it now and she did it and she's like okay did it again and I was like and maybe this is normal like I have no clue and then she like one second I'm gonna call in my colleague and then she brings in the colleague and she's like do you want to listen to this and then I'm like okay and then she's like okay I think 
that there is something up with the heartbeat in that it's like goes like boom 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 like there's a gap yeah so we call that an arrhythmia mm-hmm Yes, that was exactly arrhythmia. Where, where the heartbeat is irregular, so it's not uh, a typical rhythm of bum, 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 right? There could be yeah. several beats that are close, and there are different classified arrhythmias and things like that. And, and, and again, I, I'm, I don't know exactly what happened with you, so I'm, I, I want to hear. But some people's yeah. babies will have an arrhythmia during pregnancy, and they'll come out totally fine with no problems. But, of course, the, it definitely requires a, a further investigation during pregnancy. Yes, that's exactly. So she was like... Okay, well, I've just, um, I, I checked it on a couple of, she checked it on a couple of Dopplers and like, um, she said it wasn't all the time. It was just like every, so often it happened. Um, and she checked it with her colleague and she also detected it. And she's like, okay, um, don't freak out. And I was freaking out. Cause like when I say don't freak out, you freak Ooh, out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so she's like, I think you should book to go into the, um, to the local hospital to get seen by the fetal department there. And I was just totally like, I'm like a very like nervous, paranoid person. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm like, okay, like brave, brave race. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. See you. And like, they were supposed to see me, I don't know, five weeks later or something. And, um, she, she so I, I go into my car and I start bawling and I call my husband. I was like, Oh my gosh, wrong. And he's like, gets more paranoid than me. And he's like, oh my gosh. So I tried to call the hospital. Obviously, I couldn't get through to them. And I was just getting really nervous. And I was like, don't think it's all up in my head. So now, when she when she referred you, she told you that you have to be the one to set up the appointment to call. Like, she didn't send over any referral or anything? She did. She sent a referral, but she said that to get, soon, to get seen ASAP, you should call and then say what happened and they'll they'll see you like today rather than if I put if they put it through the system by the time they get around to like their calling list it will be like a couple of days it was also Thursday mm-hmm. I remember all my midwife points were always Thursday and I was just like oh my gosh if I get seen Friday it's always like it was a winter I was about to be in early it's like and you always end up waiting 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 so I was really nervous so um my husband was like you know what so the system here we have the national health but you do have private options too um which you can see so my husband was like we were freaking out so we went to see it's something called harley street i don't know if you've ever heard of it it's like literally like there's a road in in central london where all like the private medical practices are i mean they have some but not there but it's like where the best ones are private medical district okay <laughs> i just coined that term for it yeah i like it and um, so we called up one and we went there they were like specialized in fetal cardiology or something yeah fetal cardiology and we went and the the the, the lady there was oh my gosh you walk in you feel it's like so fancy it's like there's real leather seats like nhs like it's amazing and everything but you don't get that mm-hmm. and they're like yes how can we help you madam and i was like oh okay it actually did help to calm me because i was literally a bundle of nerves and um she did this like long scan and she actually like showed us like more in depth than i saw like with a 20 week um scan yeah and so she showed she's like yeah there is your midwife did a good job she like spotted this thing but she didn't wasn't specialized enough I, I think she was just a fetal specialist i don't know if she was a fetal cardiologist specialist i went to see that later in um in the states we it, 
they're called a maternal fetal medicine specialist where right. you know they, 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 it, it, they specialize in high risk but it's kind of a general high risk and then you do have maternal fetal medicine specialists that go on for further fellowship and specialization in maybe a particular area either in the maternal side or the fetal side um right. you know let's say in cardiology and you also have like fetal uh, um, like pediatric cardiologists that you can see prior to giving birth that you know also have some whatever specialization in even before you give birth to plan things out. Um, yeah. So this was an ultrasound. Was it called a fetal echocardiogram by any chance? No, I did go to that afterwards. This was just like an ultrasound, mm -hmm. but like basically her equipment were a bit more high tech than the little Doppler that was being mm -hmm. oh, yeah. used. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, she first of all, she was like, no, don't worry, it should be fine. But yeah, you, you should go to see a fetal cardiologist but in the meantime she was like oh because like whatever you paid for this session anyway let's just look at the baby everything so she was like hmm I think the baby's measuring a bit on the small side and I'm like oh. anything else today <laughs> anything else and I'm like and then she's like but you know what you guys are both quite petite so like don't um freak out and I was just like is there anything I can do to like make it be bigger like um um, maybe I should eat more of this or that. She's like, no, something I'm doing with eating. She said that it could be something that there's issue with your like placenta. It's just not providing the baby enough food. And I'm like, well, what can I do about that? She's like, not much you can do about it. Thanks for tuning into the Happy Birthway Podcast. Head over to Yolwedit Academy on Instagram to continue the conversation. You'll find the link in the episode show notes, as well as links to any additional resources, products, and services mentioned here. If you love listening to this show, you can help it grow by sharing it with your friends and rating and reviewing it. To stay in the loop when new episodes are released, make sure to subscribe. Remember that your health needs are unique and require individualized medical advice. The podcast is not a replacement, and some of the information may not be appropriate for your specific circumstances. My mission is to educate you so that you can confidently collaborate with your healthcare team. I believe that a healthy mom and healthy baby are simply not enough. We also need a happy mom with an empowering birth experience.